Maseches Demai, Per Gimel, Mishnah Dalid, 3-4. The next three Mishnayas discuss the question of when one gives his produce to the safekeeping of another person, whether when he gets it back from that person, he can assume it's what he gave them, and therefore not have a problem with Demai all over again if that person were not Ne'eman reliable regarding tithing. We start out with Hamol Chitim Latochen Kusi, Latochen Ama'aretz. If a person brings his wheat to a miller, to grind that wheat to make flour. So he'd leave off that wheat kernels with the miller and come back, let's say, the next day to get back his flour. Yeah, so can you trust that the Amha'aretz, who gives back the flour, uh, is giving the flour from the very wheat that the person deposited with that miller? So the more answer is, Yes, he can. He, the person who dropped off the wheat, can assume that when he gets back, is flour that came from the very wheat that he gave, and therefore he need not tithe it a second time. The reason why I can believe it is because if the miller would switch his wheat with another person's wheat, that would be stealing. And there's no reason to assume that an ama arts is dishonest and would steal your wheat. Therefore, he can be believed. Um, I gloss over a few pieces in the mission here. Let me just go back to them. Uh, the first is, the Kusi. So Kusi is being lumped together with Amharat. So Kusi is in English the Samaritan. The Kusim were people who were uh, brought in uh, after the Assyrian exile in the time of Bias Rishon. There are people to repopulate the land in the north of Israel, in Samaria. Uh, they were brought in and they were not Jewish, but they ended up converting to be Jews uh, in the wake of ongoing attacks by lions. And therefore those Kusim thought it must be that the local god was disappointed with them and they could win that local god's favor by converting to the local god's religion and save themselves from the lines. So they converted to become Jewish. And therefore, throughout the Mishnahic period, these Kusim are considered to be Jews, but with a big question mark lurking over their heads. The reason why is because the Kusim seem to be rather lax regarding their observance of Torah Shabbat Peh mitzvahs. They just kept Torah Shabbat Chesav, the written Torah mitzvahs. Um, and therefore, the rabbis are always not quite certain how to treat them in terms of uh, their conversion. Later, um, in the middle of the Talmudic period after this mission was written, it was discovered that in Har Grizim, which is where they did their special prayers, they had a idol in the shape of a dove. Um, and as soon as the rabbis realized that, so they treated the Kusim to be generic idolaters of the Odozara and not in the category of Jewish Amharts. But in any case, in our Mishnah, we were treating the Kusi as being an Amharts. Now, the second thing I glossed over in the Mishnah is that the punchline said you can rely that what you get back from the miller is wheat that you deposited by him just now in the shape of flour, uh, with respect to two areas of halacha, both Maestris as well as Shvius. Shvius is the Shemitah produce, the seventh year of the seven year cycle, and that um, comes with many restrictions. So let's say it's Shemitah time, um, but you what you deposited was wheat that wasn't yet having Kedusha Shvius, you have to be afraid that maybe what you're getting back is flour with Kedusha Shvius. The answer is, if the miller is an Amaretz or a Kusi, you do not need to be afraid that what uh, he gave you was not what you deposited with him and he performed the old switcheroo. On the other hand, says the Mishnah, the Tochen Nachri, if the miller is a non-Jew, another gear sells have it as being Ovid of Arazara, he's an idolater, so then what you get back from that miller is Demai. That is to say, we are afraid that non-Jews or Ovdevarazara, idolaters, are um, suspect of performing the old switcheroo and giving you wheat from someone else's flour. 
Um, although that, of course, is um, really theft, they didn't necessarily have a compunction against doing that. And therefore, if the miller is not Jewish, you have to be afraid that he switched your wheat with someone else's wheat and that other person was an Amaretz. And therefore, even though the wheat kernels that you gave for grinding were totally Masukan, they were not at all um, Tevla or Demai, they were totally ready to eat. When you get it back from the miller who's not Jewish, you have to be afraid that it has um, come from someone else's wheat and he just didn't care about giving you flour from someone else's batch and the other person was an Amaretz and the other person's Amaretz wheat is therefore got a din of Demai. The next case, the Mishnah. Hamavkid Peirosov Eitzel Hakusi or Eitzel Amaretz. If a person just deposited, let's say by his next door neighbor, you know, for safekeeping, his food, his produce, with his next door neighbor who was either an Amaretz or a Kusi, then Bechaz Kasan Lamaisis similar to the previous clause of the Mishnah, you can assume that what you get back from your Amaretz or Kusi uh, watchman is the very stuff you gave. You don't, you don't have to be afraid that there was some switcheroo because, again, switcheroo would be theft. Um, why would you think? This is different in the first case. So the answer is, for starters, uh, there's a good reason why the miller would want to be more scrupulous regarding how he treated your stuff. And that is because he has a business to run. He has a reputation which could get ruined if he find out that he is you know, not being honest or giving you stuff that isn't yours. And therefore, you might have thought that the miller has a, uh, a, a better reason to be scrupulous than a regular um, arts. Uh, or Kusi, and therefore they're less reliable as just generic watchmen. But the answer is no, they're equally reliable. On the other hand, the Mishnah says, if the person who deposited your stuff for safekeeping was a generic, either non-Jew or idolater, different yourselves again, you treat what you get back from that watchman, that non-Jewish watchman, as if it were his own produce. What that means is, Let's select the Rambam for starters. Keep it simple. The Rambam holds that the halacha produce that's grown in Eretz Yisrael by non-Jews is exempt from tithing. Um, that would be qualified if the person who did the growing was not Jewish, but the person who did the Gemar Malacha, the finishing of the processing, was Jewish. In such an event, the produce is once again um, required to be tithed. So Kipirosa means, however the halachas shake out, you, you have to assume that what you get back from the non-Jew who is safeguarding your stuff is not the stuff you gave to him, that it's his own stuff, and we have uh, the leniencies um, as appropriate uh, in that case. Now, Rabbi Shimon Omer Damai. Rabbi Shimon says, no, you can't assume that the switcheroo happened between your stuff and the non-Jewish guardian stuff. He says, you have to be afraid that your stuff comes from a Jewish Amha'aretz. And therefore, it has a bin of demai. Now, the Tanakama never thought that because the Tanakama reasons that this person is not a professional wheat guardian. He's just someone, your next door neighbor or whatever it is. And uh, where in the world would he come up with other sacks of wheat to exchange from other Amarats? Like, why would he have such a thing? And therefore, you assume if it came from anyone else, it came from him directly. But Shimon says, no, listen, if it's good enough to be a guardian for your wheat, very possibly your next or other next door neighbor who was Amha Arts also asked him to watch his wheat and the first switcheroo did happen. Um, however, the halacha is like the Tanakama, meaning we're not afraid that there's another third party mixed in here with the wheat. It's just assumed that uh, it's very possible that the wheat that was deposited uh, by the non-Jewish watchman is the non-Jewish watchman stuff possibly and would carry potential churma as uh, the halachas would warrant.